All right, everybody, welcome back to the Groundbreaking Leadership Podcast. I'm excited today because I have Jacob Mann with us today. Uh, we met years back and, and we stayed in contact. So welcome to the show, Jacob. Thank you so much, Jeremy. I appreciate you having me on today. No, no problem. And, you know, it's, it's been a while because I know when I met you, we, made, we met, you know, you do a Herbalife Shake Place and you had one in mm-hmm. Lillington. Is that, is that what you even call it, the Herbalife Shake Place? I know that's probably not the right name. We call them Shake Bars. Shake Bars. So yep. this, this is where I met Jake Ed and, you know, we kind of connected and I, I was trying to think back how we got connected and I think it was over a book. Yep. You're still in my, uh, in my phone as Jeremy Stevens book club. Cause we yeah. talked about <laughs> getting a little book club together for personal development books. Uh, cause I was talking about certain authors and people we listen in, listen to kind of like John Maxwell. Yeah. And it's very rare that you get to get in conversations like that with people these days. So I was excited to conversate with you. Yeah. So we kind of connected right away and, you know, we were tossing back and forth books. You had some books for me and it was just, it went on, on like that. So we, we connected right out, the, right out the gate. And I love talking to people about personal growth because it, it inspires me because I, I love it when you're going in a certain direction and then something, something in your life happens and, and you, and you get to go a choice. Either you stay huddled in a, cur- in a corner or you get up and, and make things happen. And I always love mm-hmm. asking people this question because it's, you know, I, I just like hearing people's story and I know you're big in self-development. And so when you started your journey, was it out of inspiration or desperation? You no. Know, um, what's fascinating. I don't even know if you know uh, some of my story, so it'll be good to, to talk to you about it. But I would say the start of my story was absolutely desperation, right? Do you want me to go into it a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Love to hear it. All right, let's do it. So um, the reason why I said it started off with desperation and then nowadays I'd say it's more inspiration. Of course, it keeps me growing and keeps me wanting to get to the next level uh, spiritually, professionally, emotionally. But uh, my desperation comes from a long history of drug addiction, actually. Were you aware of that part of my story? I knew a little bit, but not the whole story. All right. So started very early on uh, since I was a kid. I always struggled with uh, emotional problems, anger management issues um, to the point when I was 10 years old, they had to put me in a in Holly Hill, which is a mental place there in um, Raleigh, North Carolina. And I spent a couple weeks there. I was diagnosed with bipolar and a few other things that I can't even remember. They put me on a load of medicine for it. And through that, um, I don't know, just uh, the behavioral issues and uh, maybe a little bit of genetics, a lot of bad choices led to uh, coping with life through drugs and alcohol, right? And um, what I've really narrowed it down to is I remember when it really became an addiction and I made a connection between having drugs and having alcohol and winning friends right earning relationships through substances and the reason why that hit so hard for me was because I moved around a lot 
uh, whether I was getting kicked from one place to the next or uh, my father, he got promoted a lot in his line of work. So we'd moved to a new region. And um, yeah, so I found out if I had drugs and I had alcohol, I had friends no matter where I was at. And I got to recreate myself everywhere I went. And it was just that much easier to do with those substances. So it started out as an emotional thing and grew into a physical thing pretty quickly. Um, long story short, uh, ended up being an IV heroin user for a number of years. Um, ended me up in prison at 126 pounds, skin and bones. Uh, did 11 months in prison and I got out just to hit everything on repeat again. And uh, at that point in time, I was dating a, a lady that had a young daughter. We were both in active addiction. And I remember like it was yesterday, I looked in the rear view mirror. I was, uh, it was morning time and I was already drunk and high. And I was driving a car with a six month old baby in it. And um, it just hit me. I'm like, what, what am I doing? Right. There's a, a baby in my back seat who's got not a hope in the world if our lives proceed to go down this path. Right. Um, so that was when I became desperate for a change. I was broke down. It seemed like every little thing in my life was breaking and going wrong. And uh, I went to my parole officer at the time and let him know what was going on. And um, it was such a spur of the moment thing. I didn't get rid of any paraphernalia or anything that was in my car. Just went in, told on myself. He came out, asked me where stuff was, pointed it out. And thank God for that probation officer, because he had enough faith in me um, to not just throw me right back in prison, because I, I would have had to go back for another nine months. And knowing that I was going to be a very big influence in that child's life, and I had been through some things as a kid, and I knew that emotional pain <clears throat> that a child would go through uh, with struggling people in their lives it had me to start my journey and my journey started in a 12 step program. Um, and I found out that yes, I have the disease of addiction, right? Um, my, the disease isn't necessarily my fault or my, like my, wasn't my responsibility. Uh, but my recovery is, and what I do once I recognize that is my responsibility. And ever since then, it's like, I have the blessing. I'm, I'm still in 12 step program to this day. Attend three meetings a week is what I like to do. Uh, sponsor other men. Um, and it's something I'll give back to till the day I die because 100% it helped me to recognize the patterns in my life that just overplayed and, and um, over and over and over again and ended me up in the same positions jails, institutions, uh, trouble, broken relationships, destroyed uh, relationships with my parents. And, um, you know, that the different traumatic things that happen through active addiction. Um, I, I just, I was so beat down, man. And um, a person can do two things at that point, surrender to the problem and just decide to live that life till they die or surrender to a solution. Right. Yeah. So I made the decision to surrender to a solution and that's where that desperation comes from. And, um, do you want me to get into a little bit uh, about leading into business? 
Yeah, definitely. So let's just recap on that part. Cause, okay. Cause I knew part of your story, but I didn't know that much in detail. And, you know, just that defining moment that you have, you know, with the, the little, it was, it was a little girl right in the back seat mm-hmm. and your condition. And you had that wake up call right there where, you know, enough's enough. And it just reminds me of some of the Jim Rohn speech where, you know, you know, enough's enough, you know, either I, I stay like this or I do something about it. And it's amazing once you get to that mindset where enough's enough, you know, I, I believe that God puts people in your life. And, and it seems like that parole, parole officer was that guy that, you know, you had enough's enough. And then that parole officer really helped you redirect it into a better place. But it's just that first that first step, you know, the first step's always the hardest. And I and I love that how, you know, once you knew that, it kind of realigned your path basically. Yes, one hundred percent. Well, that's yeah. So let's let's jump into the business side. Okay. <clears throat> oh, so uh, with business, I've always you know you either meet people who make a decision and train to become an entrepreneur. Or you have other people who seem to be just born with that bone in their body where they just have to be entrepreneurs. And I believe that I've always had that in me. I believe I was born with with just um, a passion for business and a passion for uh, things that I can build and develop when I'm not limited, right? A lot of positions we can get ourselves in are great for uh, growth. And I'm not saying there's not a place for those because I've helped people for free in their businesses just for experience, no money. I just want to learn. Right. Uh, But it's very important to me and always has been to not be limited uh, by any position or um, cap myself off. And sometimes to my detriment, because just as probably a hundred times more than I've succeeded, I've failed to be 100% transparent, but it takes that to learn. And, um, Whenever I was uh, 14, I remember probably one of my earlier entrepreneur uh, ventures was I'd buy tongue rings off of eBay with my dad's help. I'd get 20 or uh, 100 of them for $20, and then I'd sell them for $3 a piece at school to people who didn't even have tongue piercing. (laughs) So um, that's one thing I always recall. and Selling a vision. Yeah, right. Yeah. Selling a vision. Yeah, they were cool. So people purchased them and it was, you know, a few dollars their lunch money. I didn't care. And uh, that kind of just opened my eyes to, you know, supply and demand and um, just the beauty of being able to create my own income. And of course, with my history, it led into some interesting things. But uh, to stay on topic, I grew up with uh, my dad. He always had side hustles going on back when eBay just first happened. uh, I remember getting paid a penny per listing and helping him put all these eBay listings together on his uh, account uh, for drop shipping. And just little experiences like that uh, led to me really wanting to be in business for myself. But during active addiction, that's not uh, very much a possibility, at least not responsibly. So um, I was blessed enough. My family had a business there in Andrew Passport Door Systems, and I had some extremely uh, important people as mentors there. My uncle Jeff Hickman, um, 
man, he stuck with me every step of the way, even when I was just uh, taking advantage of him left and right and um, not being a very good family member. We'll just leave it at that. And he taught me so much in metal fabrication. My grandfather uh, let me work service calls and uh, installation for rolling steel doors and dock levelers. And that experience was incredible. Um, but it did show me that that's just not what I'm built for. Right. Uh, I love that industry. And I think that um, it's done wonders for my family. It just wasn't what I personally was built for. And, you know, honestly, that's one of my main things that I look back on. And it, it makes me sad because I know my uncle, he put a lot into me, man. And um, I've apologized to him several times because I went into a different direction. But honestly, if I wouldn't have, I don't know if I'd still be alive because uh, it took a big change for me to get away from the drugs. Right. Yeah. But um, so after active addiction, uh, I got out of prison and of course, I told you I relapsed for a little while, but after I got straightened out uh, with my parole officer, my father and I bought storage lockers together. Um, he would sell the large items like uh, furniture, different things like that. I was putting myself through school at Carteret in Carteret County there at the beach. I was actually going to go to school for uh, I was going to school for mechanical engineering and I was going to have a minor in boat building because I was at the beach. And hey, if mechanical engineering doesn't work out, then I'll just build boats and live on the dock. Right. <clears throat> but, um, you know, life happens. My father was actually killed in a gunshot accident uh, that was named by the coroners, coroners to be suicide. Um, not going to go too deep into that situation. Um, don't agree with everything, but definitely um, my father and I were best friends, man. And that situation uh, happened the day before Father's Day, uh, or actually, it might have been on Father's Day. It was June 16th, and uh, I found out on my mom's birthday, and uh, everything changed. Um, of course, I didn't go back to school. That was my decision. I moved back to Harnett County to help settle the estate, um, figure out what to do with his business, and uh, it was too painful to carry on with at that point. Um, so what I ended up doing is uh, opened up a vapor store there in Dunn, North Carolina. And I won't go, I'm not going to spend too much time going through every little detail, but <clears throat> I learned a very hard way. I call this my business school, my master's in business. Um, state of North Carolina, that story wound up, it was almost two years in business, very profitable business. I made a lot of bad decisions. Um, didn't trust the right people with my taxes. I didn't make good decisions with my money and uh, sales tax didn't get paid correctly. So state of North Carolina gave me 10 days to pay 30 something thousand dollars or they were coming in and shut me down. Right. Paid an attorney, tried to get it stopped. 10 days later, locksmith sheriff's department escorted me out, auctioned off everything I owned. And, um, that it was like it was so fascinating because I'm, I mean, I'm in recovery, I'm clean, and I'm losing all this stuff, man. It was like I lost my dad, I lose my business, um, all these different things. And what had happened is I, I started, I let my business 
and my ego become my identity, right? My ego became my identity. And when that happens, I'm not teachable. I'm not teachable. I'm not concerned about personal growth or professional growth. I'm just the man because I created this business that's making X amount of money per day. And nobody can tell me nothing because, uh, you know, that's just where my ego is at. Right. And uh, little did I know that was the best thing that ever happened to me, to be honest. And um, that little girl that I speak of, I'm still raising her at that point. Uh, I, I, today, I just tell people it was a foster situation because it's very detailed to get into. But her mother struggled a lot with drugs, ended up uh, getting in some trouble. And I was able to continue to raise that little girl for a couple of years after that. Um, and I was taking her to Holly Springs to Sharon Harris Lake to go fishing, right? First thing in the morning, we go to an NA meeting in Raleigh, and then we'd go to Holly Springs to go fishing before I went to another NA meeting. And I'm, I did not mean to, uh, blow anonymity. I'm not, not supposed to say those two letters, but, um, yeah, a 12 step meeting and, uh, it's all I knew how to do, man. When my life falls to pieces, I know where the solution is. So a uh, major point to take away from that is I started worrying about my personal growth again, right? Mm-hmm. I started relying back on God instead of myself and um, just trusted in him to light, lead me in the right direction. I was so lost, back in desperation, back in desperation. Yeah. <laughs> didn't know what I was going to do to raise this little girl. I didn't know uh, what I was going to do to to fend for myself, to be completely honest. And I walked into a, uh, as you call it, Herbalife Shake Bar or a Herbalife Shake Bar in Holly Springs called Healthy But Good. And um, that was the first uh, shake bar in our organization there in North Carolina to open up. Um, My wife now, who is somebody I didn't know then, of course, moved from Montana to there. And then one of our mentors, Helen Bloom, moved from California to there along with another uh, one of our mentors, Kathy, and they all converged right there in Holly Springs to pop up one of these businesses. And I absolutely fell in love with the concept as soon as I walked in the door. But to be honest, when I heard the word Herbalife, I was thrown off because I'd seen a lot of shops uh, that were not attractive, painted green and open and closed pretty quickly. So when I first heard that, I almost walked back out. However, the community, the energy in the place was just different. And, it, and that's what attracted me. Um, so that started what I'm doing today. And um, that's when my desperation led to uh, another spike in my personal growth that allowed me to be open to the opportunities around me. Mm-hmm. Because when my ego's in charge, I'm not looking for opportunities. I'm looking for excuses, right? Yeah. Did you want to cover anything on that? Yeah, definitely. Cause it's like, you know, you're, I was just trying to take down some notes and it seems like every time you stood back up, you got smacked back down. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but it's, but it's also, you know, using as a teachable moment, you know, when you lost your, your vape shop, you know, you meant that you, you know, your head's too big and I, and I wasn't teachable from that point, but then it almost seemed like it got you into a humble state, you know, redirected you once again, 
And then you just found yourself in a shake shop and surrounded by, I would say, because I know the vibe is, is that positive energy that that our world lacks, you know, we don't, we don't have it everywhere. It seems like there's more negativity. So when you surround yourself with great people, it's almost naturally that you're going to be inspired. Yes. So that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here, you know, I feel so bad because I was like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea that you had to experience so many, so many, you know, not really setbacks, but just so many, major points in your life where you know it seemed like it was an abrupt end and then you know you're having to pick yourself back up again it's almost like you're the most relentless guy i've talked to in a long time well i appreciate that so this is where this is where you met your wife though at the shake shop i didn't know that y'all were a a herbalife couple (laughs) yeah we call it herbalove herbalove yes that's awesome so i'm telling you so, so, so of course, y'all, I can, you know, I know y'all got married and, and where, where are you at with your family now? Oh man, we've got uh, two wonderful boys. One of them's four and a half months. The other one will be three, September 29th, Elijah and JJ. And, Elijah um, and JJ. yeah, we moved across the country, of course, to Washington state to expand our business out here. That's awesome. And, and, you know, and that's, that's just, uh, a major obstacle in itself you know it's not that you just move like one state over i mean mm-hmm. you you move to the other side <laughs> yes you know yep. packed up your family and 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 just started because did you know anybody in this state or, or or how did you choose washington so the neat thing about uh our choice was we were going to expand to tennessee one state over that's where i was born a lot of opportunity there it's not a cold, cold market. There are Herbalife places there. Um, but to be transparent, like for the first few years of our business, it was rough, man. You're talking about, I had already lost a business. Samantha was very young. I mean, I believe, uh, don't, she'll probably kill me when she hears this, but I think she was 21, 21 or 22. Moved across the country with a book bag and a bicycle, you know, she bought a bike when she got there. So when we opened that first business in Lillington, it's not where it is now. It was about a tenth of a mile up the road in an itty bitty shopping strip. And um, we had the deposit to our names and that was it. We put down the deposit and we just made it happen. Right. And um, thank God we started like that because making the or let's get back to the point. Her parents and her family thought we were absolutely crazy. Right. They're like, I just pray that when you guys wake up before it's too late and get a real job. I remember that conversation as clear as day. It was right there at our little shop. And um, Samantha just poured her heart out because like we knew that they were concerned and they were talking about us and stuff. And um, we just had to have a conversation about it and face, face what was going on. And when we were talking about moving and expanding, they said the words, we really think you guys would do great out here. I think you should come check it out. And um, that belief in my wife and seeing what that did for her was all I needed to hear. I'm like, I'll go out, I'll look at locations. And on that very first trip, by the time I was on the way home, we were in negotiations to move out here. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and I know somebody's here going to listen to this story, you know, in the same similar 
you know, spot that you were in, you know, drugs, alcohol, you know, I, I lost my dad. So I can, I know how that, not in the same, same way, but, you know, just that mm-hmm. loss is, is very tough. Um, you know, if you were going to talk to someone today to, to help inspire them, you know, what's, what's one thing, what, what would be your encouraging word for them? I would tell them if, if I could, if I could talk to myself when I was in that situation, and I talked to many men like that being in a 12-step program. It's like the pain and, and that feeling of just uh, being beat down and hopelessness, it doesn't last forever, right? And nothing happens overnight either. Uh, but you would be absolutely amazed what your life could be like 12 months from today if you simply just concentrated on doing the next right thing and stopped making excuses. Take full responsibility, 100% responsibility for everything in your life. I don't care if uh, you're in a situation where you truly are a victim. We can take 100% responsibility on our part, right? What's my part? What can I do to change it? And focus on that. And 12 months from that day, it's amazing what life can be like. It is. And I love that, you know, take that step. Mm-hmm. You know, because sitting down on a log, you know, in, in a kind of a pity party is not going to help anything. It's always that first step. Mm-hmm. And, and no matter what story I hear, it's always after that first and second step is, is where something happens. You know, whether somebody yes. comes in your lap, you know, your path may change a little bit. You may see something from a different angle because you're starting to move in that direction. And that's... That, that, that's awesome. So, so take the step. Um, I, I love that. So, so Jake, I appreciate you're spending some time with me. You know, how, you know, somebody needs to connect to you. How, how could they connect with you? So of course, today's day and age, social media is, uh, is an easy way on Instagram. Um, Jake from shake farm S H A K E. Yeah. People always say, oh, Jake from Shake or State Farm. So I just owned it, tweaked it a little bit, and that's me, right? So you can get in touch with me on there. I'm not too active posting at the moment. Uh, My wife is much more active. Or coaches Jake and Sam on Facebook. We have a business page on there, trying to be a little bit more active on that. Or, of course, walk into any Shake bar, uh, especially right there around the Lillington area or uh, Wake Harnett County. Um, our team is spread out all over there and, uh, you can get a little bit of that positivity that drew me in. That's awesome. Well, I sure do appreciate it. And thank you for being on our show. Absolutely. Thank you.